All right. Welcome to Salvation Nation podcast for modern Christian dialogue and discussion. I'm your host, Mike Free, and this is another episode within the series Christianity and Politics. And I have with me pastors Armando and Tisha Muniz, um, both pastors at a growing God-fearing Christian church in the Bronx, New York. Welcome to the podcast, both of you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for having Thank you, us. Mike. Yes, we appreciate it. We're very happy to be here tonight. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, how are you guys doing? How's your family and all of that? We're doing great. We're doing great. You know, uh, children are doing well, uh, considering the circumstances, uh, but everything's going very well right now. That's good. Um, and how is uh, like pastoring and church activities been impacted by, you know, the, the restrictions? I mean, I, we're in Connecticut uh, your home church is is in New York, so different restrictions, different politics, different things going on uh, with COVID nineteen. How has that impacted like your church activities and stuff like that? Well, right now, what's happened is because of the social distance guidelines, you know, we've actually had to expand to multiple services on a Sunday so that mm. we can get people in uh, appropriately, uh, do the right checks you know, temperature checks, social distancing and stuff like that. So it's, you know, it's a little bit of a change. It's an adjustment, but we're happy to do it. And, you know, we're just happy that we're actually able to gather in the building. Yeah. And, and that's so important. Um, and it, it kind of is a great segue into just the, the conversation in general, because some people will say, well, you know, I'm a Christian where I'm not really into politics, but there politics can impact our ability to, to serve God. I mean, at least in fellowship amongst each other. Right. So if there's some sort of executive order, quote unquote, that comes down and says, Hey, you can't go to church. Well, wait a minute. You do mean I can't go worship God amongst, you know, my brethren. Right. So politics has an direct impact or a direct impact, I should say, you know, with the church. So it's, it's something that we have to keep in mind and, Sometimes they maybe even fight for it, depending on um, what the situation is. I, I'm really excited to to just talk about this um, within this within this series with you guys because um, I you know kind of personally know you both, and I, I know a little bit about your journey. You know, um, you know, coming to Christ and your testimony, and and you guys are doing big things with your church and and now both pastors and. It's just amazing to see, you know, what God is doing in your family and in, in your lives. And and uh, I can tell that um, your your wisdom and knowledge base has grown so much. Like, I don't mean to sound like a stalker. Right. But it, just from just seeing your Facebook posts and, and the stuff that you guys talk about. And and I listen to some of your um, your your Bible study nights. Um, I've checked some of those out and and the stuff that you guys are um, getting into and the stuff to, that you've learned and you're sharing with others is is great. And that's why I wanted to to bring you on this 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 podcast series to to talk a little bit about this this um, this political landscape that we're in right now, which is which is really crazy. Right. But before we get into all of that, um, if you can both just share a really, 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 I have to tell this to Christians, like real, like a really <laughs> quick story about how you got saved. Uh, cause I think it's just good. You know, it's just good context for, for listeners to just kind of hear that story. We all have a testimony, but real quick story of, you know, how you came to the Lord. 
Amen. Amen. So I'll give you the quick version because, you know, I'm from Puerto Rico, so we could talk for days. <laughs> um, so my journey was kind of like, uh, you know, I grew up, I was raised in the church, mm -hmm. grew up in the Spanish churches in uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. So we're from Connecticut, uh, although we're pastoring in New York. But uh, I grew up in the churches and I was raised in church. I was, you know, kind of groomed for that life. But then as a teenager, I strayed from the Lord, you know, backslid and I, I got into like worldly things, you know, got into the drug game, drugs, uh, smoking, drinking, all of those things. I tried it all. Um, and I think some of that was like I was being rebellious, you know, uh, because I didn't want to be labeled as that church kid, mm. you know, and that was a, that was a, a, a heavy burden to carry you know, being labeled as the church kid, trying to live that perfect life. So, you know, now as a parent, I see that, you know, um, that we have to be very wise about the pressures that we put on our children, you know, mm -hmm. raising them in a Christian based home and in, and, and in a Christian lifestyle and walk. But yeah, so I, I kind of, you know, fell, fell off with God and then, um, you know, well into my 20s, and then, you know, God uh, brought me back in. You know, I was in some some situations that, you know, where I, I kind of feared for my life. I was in a life and death situations and God pulled me back in and, and he covered me through all of that. And, you know, basically Jesus saved my life. So, you know, I'm here today because of that, you know, and I'm just grateful that uh, that I was able to come back to the kingdom of God. Praise God. That's awesome. And Tish? Um, well, my story is a little different. Um, I was raised in a Jamaican Pentecostal church with mm -hmm. my godmother. Um, but once I became of age, I strayed away from the Lord but um, where I didn't have to go anymore. So I'll say once I was about 11 years old, 10 years old, I stopped going to church. But um, the Lord always dealt with me always dealt with me, always dealt with me. Um, and when I was about 17 years old, um, I was in a really bad state, depression. Um, my teenagers, I battled with suicide, um, amongst many other things. And when I was 17, um, I have, God blessed me with a phenomenal woman of God, Mama Yvette. <laughs> That, um, you know, God really used her as a light in my life to reel me back into him. Mm. And um, I remember there would be nights I would just show up at her door crying uh, middle of the night, you know, because I didn't come from a Christian household. So I was exposed to uh, a totally different lifestyle. Um, but she literally would take me under her wing and she would she would pray for me you know, and love on me. And I remember thinking, um, I want what she has. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, God used all of those things to bring me, bring me to him. Total mm -hmm. surrender. So by the time I was 17 years old, um, I completely surrendered my life to God. And it wasn't an overnight process. It never is. Um, yeah. it, it's actually, was very challenging because like I said, I didn't come from a Christian household. So I was the first one in my family to take a stand for Christ. So there was a lot, you know, a lot of backlash that came from it. 
Um, but God sustained me. He strengthened me and, you know, he carried me through it all, you know, up until this point, even still, he continues to carry us through. And, um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the trials. I'm grateful for the struggles because it's given me wisdom and understanding that I would have never known outside of him. And that's how I came to the Lord. That's amazing. And, you know, the reason why, you know, I wanted both of you to share that is um, I think it makes it more real and authentic for those who are listening. Like we all have a story. We all have um, a past. We all have things that, um, you know, a journey that we've we've been on uh, to get us to this point. And we all have these testimonies of of how Jesus has changed us. Um, And that is a great way to kind of understand you know, how, you know, someone thinks or, you know, how, you know, just overall, when you're looking at um, someone's life and uh, the things that they are passionate about, especially what we're passionate about about as Christians, you know, it just gives great context to why we do what we do and um, why we're passionate about um, about Christ and and his teachings. So um, that's a great segue into just what's going on politically, right? I mean, there's there's so much division and we talked about this a little bit uh before we started recording but especially amongst um uh, others in the church right i mean you know red versus blue trump versus biden um or whether it's even uh, previous presidents or other seats there's i think a lot of of infighting going on in the church around what is the right way to to view these different issues that are impacting our society right now um and i'm just curious if you guys can you know give me your feelings uh, of what you're seeing around the political landscape right now and how it's either negatively or positively impacting the church today so yeah i think that like so basically what's happening right now with the whole political scheme there's a huge divide you know Mm -hmm. amongst the churches amongst the body of christ and you know basically in my viewpoint like what's happening is like people are choosing a side but they're forgetting to walk in love and respect and that's 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 one of the biggest issues i think the biggest issue really because I think that as a believer, right, we understand that people are going to have differences of opinion. People may choose a side. And, you know, the biggest issue is that both sides are right. You know, both sides have huge valid points. And it's really, it's a difficult choice. But no matter what we choose or how we view it, we have to walk in love and in respect because. We cannot let it divide us as the body of Christ. And if we really believe in a certain point strongly enough, then what we should do is we should be praying for our brother. Because, you know, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your heart, all your soul. And then he said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So if you love your neighbor as you love yourself, then we have to know that we should be praying for people, even if we disagree with their views. Yeah, it's it seems, though, um, we might be getting played a little bit (laughs) because, you know, um, obviously we got this huge machine of social media and and we have just traditional media 
and um, and just the political game itself, right? If I'm a politician, um, my goal is to garner as many votes as I can get, right? So I'm trying to influence minds. I'm trying to build a following. I'm trying to get campaign dollars. Like I'm just, I'm just going out there, just trying to influence anybody. And if if there's some dirty things that I can do that's legal or maybe even illegal, depending <laughs> on some of these people, um, I'm I'm gonna do it, right? And unfortunately, I think Christians get caught in this web of, you know, propaganda and messaging and marketing. And we kind of maybe lose sight of what's really going on. Um, also, I think there's there's some deceptive marketing, right, to kind of make us believe things that maybe aren't true um, to get us to maybe vote or look at things a certain way which is i think is detrimental to us because if if we can't talk to each other about these issues and that's a lot of what i'm seeing too is we're not even talking to each other like can we have a conversation about what it is that you that you think without you automatically assuming something about me because i maybe mentioned who i may be voting for or maybe leaning towards and uh that's causing like a lot of issues within the church i mean uh, more so than it should um, even to the point where, you know, some are looking to their pastors like, well, who are you going to vote for? Because yep. <laughs> that's going to dictate how I'm going to view, you know, the political spectrum right now. You know, what do you guys think about that? Um, I think that you're absolutely right. There's definitely um, there's definitely motives and agendas that go beyond what we see in the natural. Right. There's agendas that are pushed through the media, through the news. And I think one of the most important things that we lack in our communities is our own research. We allow, we allow so many um, people to feed us their truths that are manipulative and lies and deceiving. And then we, be we begin to believe them as our truths. But the reality is, you know, um, we, the Bible says that my people will perish for lack of understanding. Mm -hmm. And that goes in so many directions in every aspect of life. And I think a lot of people are missing what's actually happening because we, we aren't looking to God. Anything that you take God out of, it will not succeed. It will mm -hmm. fail. And for too many years, we have been taught that you need to separate you know, God from politics. But the truth is you need to understand God in politics. And until we get to a place where we do our own research, where we study, where one, it starts with us knowing the word of God, you know, because when we, when we search and read the word of God, we see how God operated in political standpoints throughout the Bible and political leaders or people that he put in position, you know? Um, so it will help us to understand how to navigate in this season, but also opening our spiritual eyes. And I think this season really exposed how blinded the church is. Mm. And um, we've, we've gotten so caught up in our emotions because of what we have been fed. And we've been spoon fed lies that have called us to see things and perceive things in one way when God is saying, um, you know, you haven't sought me in this. 
and God will show us the truth. He will open our eyes. It's not that, it's not that, um, it's not that hard. It's just us getting to a place of really understanding. And I really believe that in our communities, um, that if we began to research more, mm-hmm. we'll begin to understand the depths of things and the truths of what it is that we're really voting for. Most of the time, you know, there's many young and old people in this season that I've just asked out of curiosity, you know, why did you vote for so-and-so? And they have no idea. They voted for them because what they've been spoon fed through the media. Right. But they have no idea the foundation and what they're choosing. And I think one of the biggest issues for us is that, you know, we need to get in our secret place with God and get in the word of God, but we need to do research. And as we begin to research, I'm telling you, God will pull back the blinders and we'll begin to see things for what they really actually are. Yeah. A lot of great points. And I was taking some notes on that. Um, and I'm going to remind us of some of those points because I have another question tied to that, that maybe adds more color to some of those things you just mentioned, which were really good. Is And from your um, both of your perspectives, do you think it's possible to, uh, to be... How do I put this? This is not a salvation question, right? So uh, do you think it's possible to be a strong, you know, um, you know, fighting Christian, right? Fighting against evil, standing up, you know, for righteousness, right? Like after the kind of baby Christian steps, right? Do you think it's possible to be like that, but also be agnostic to politics, meaning just not paying attention to what's going on? It's like, you know, because there are a lot of pastors, too, that I hear of and even, you know, just Christians in general that they're like, I don't really know what's going on. I just serve God or I just read the word. And, And is it possible to just kind of ignore what's going on politically at this particular time? Or, or should we be leaning in and really paying attention to what's going on? You know, that's a great question. And I'm glad you asked that because, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I know that, you know, obviously, there are people like that and there are people who want to kind of coast through their Christian experience and coast through their life and, and make it to heaven. And, you know, uh, as a salvational issue, I'm sure that people can still be saved if they don't get involved or know what's going on in politics in the world. But, you know, as for me, um, I think that, you know, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, and also as, you know, when you look at it from a family standpoint, as a man, uh, who is the head of a household, you know, I feel like I have to know because, you know, I'm, I want to protect my family. I want to protect my children. I want to protect my children's future. And there's some issues there that are life altering. So I think that us as a believer, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost like our duty to get involved because there are laws that be, that are being passed that change the future of our children and uh, what their life will be like. You know, as I was saying earlier, and I wanted to clarify because I said that, you know, both parties are right or can be right or have valid points. What I mean by that is that, you know, as you said, Mike, um, there's a lot of things that get pushed to try to sway people or convince people uh, to vote a certain way. 
And I think that, you know, as far as, you know, on one side, you have them trying to push and open up old wounds like, you know, racism and slavery and those types of things. And I think that that uh, pushes people to vote a certain way just because, you know, they're, they're still scorned, they're still hurt, they're still bruised by things that have happened in the past. So they will, they will vote one way because of that. And then, then on the other hand, you have, um, you know, one side that's trying to fight against abortion, against, uh, you know, against, you know, different laws that would pass that were passed as far as, you know, gay marriage, things that can happen like that. So you have people voting another way. Now, do I believe that these politicians actually care? You know, I don't know. You know, I don't know that they do really care. Uh, they might just be pushing these things to try to get votes, you know, but they know they know what to harp on to get people to sway one way or the other. Yeah. Tish, what do you think? Yeah, well, I was definitely in agreement with him. And I think that, like I said, it goes, especially as Christians, you know, like we've, one thing that saddened, that really broke my heart this year is seeing how far mm. the church is from God. And um, it goes back to, you know, like our people perish for lack of knowledge. That's not the people in the world, but mm. that's the people in the church. And, um, you know, the enemy uses the same devices over and over um, to continue to manipulate us, can, to continue to victimize us, to continue to keep us in a state of ignorance. And he does it by manipulating, you know, like Mondo said, through through wounds. And the enemy knows how to operate in that, to stir that up. And I do, you know, I believe a lot of stuff that has taken place this year, it was all intentional, you know, for mm -hmm. political agendas. Um, but I think that the first thing for the church is really getting back getting back to that place with God and the truth of his word, the foundation of his word. And, and we should be voting for the thing that whoever is standing the most on the word of God, even if it's not, we, we, you know, my father-in-law taught me this a couple years ago um, because I struggled. I was never, I was never into politics. I was just taught growing up to vote a certain way because I was a minority um, and this was who we voted for. This is who, that's just what was pushed on me my whole life. So right. that's what I did. Time for me to vote. I voted based on that. I had absolutely no clue what was going on until, and all honestly, until the first year that, um, mm -hmm. that Trump ran. Realistically, you know, um, I think in the in the last year that Obama ran when he was running for second term, I didn't vote that year because there were things that didn't resonate in my spirit and I was really struggling with. So I didn't vote at all. But I remember <clears throat> my father in law when I was struggling with the whole because I didn't want to vote for nobody again um, when it came down to Trump and Hillary. And Hillary. And I remember my father-in-law was sitting with me and my husband and he was like, listen, sometimes you have to stop looking at the personalities of people because God can use 
anybody. And if we look at the people in the Bible, they didn't, that God used in, in political aspects, they, di they didn't look like what we say a Christian is supposed to look like, right? And that's usually the main argument. Um, but the reality of it is the church doesn't look Christ-like. So how can we argue with a candidate that we say doesn't look Christ-like when we don't look Christ-like? Mm. A lot of great points. I mean, I think what what just to go along too with that whole kind of ignoring politics position, there 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 are even some um, points of view on this of kind of like, well, we're we're keeping track on what's going on and we vote, but it doesn't make or break anything uh, for me as a believer or as a pastor or, or whomever. Um, because, you know, revelations is going to come true kind of either way, right? We're going to deal with some persecution. We're going to deal with some hard times. And that's what the Bible says, right? So um, I'll vote and I'll kind of, you know, keep track on what's going on. But I think me personally, I feel like that's a flawed strategy, right? I mean, I like to pray directly Absolutely. towards the things that I feel is an issue. So if there's a bill that is being presented that I feel is a direct harm to me and my family, I'm going to pray against that bill. I'm going to say, Lord Jesus, you know, I denounce this bill. Like, please don't let this come in right now. He may allow it for whatever reason of something that I don't understand, but I feel as though it is my responsibility as a believer to pray against these different things. Um, and, and there are other believers that don't have that same, I guess, mindset about it. And maybe that's not necessarily wrong, I guess. But when it comes to, you know, um, an election this big or, uh, you know, these kinds of positions that are that are up, whether it's in the House or if it's in the Senate or whatever, and they're pushing a specific a specific uh, agenda that seems or appears to be harmful to the church in some kind of way. I think that's where you get a lot of the emotion and the anger from certain people like, hey, how can you vote for this particular candidate or this person that is okay with say abortions or whatever, right? Um, I mean, how do we navigate that, you know, going forward? Should we try to educate more believers to say, hey, you know, to your point, uh, Tisha earlier about, you know, do the research, um, look at the agendas of, you know, the people that are running, you know, really uh, pray. Oh my God, pray, pray to God and ask him like, what direction should I be going in with this? I mean, what, how should, how should we as believers approach these situations? Right. And I, it sounds like you're on the side of, Hey, don't just ignore it, but should we be diligent? Like, should we really be like leaned in, like looking exactly at the things that they're pushing or should we just kind of, you know, glean at it and say, yeah, I see what they're doing. I'm going to pray about it, but I'm not really going to be too into it. Like, what, what do you think is the proper, I guess, balance is what I'm asking. Yeah, so I, so I think that um, 1 Timothy chapter 2, it says that we should pray for kings and all those in authority so we can live a peaceful and quiet life uh, marked by godliness and dignity. And basically, the Lord is saying that, you know, he, he wishes that all, all men should be saved. 
um, and we should be praying for those in authority so that we can we can live a peaceful life. So let's go back for a second real quick, because mm -hmm. what happens here is that, you know, some people who say that they that they don't want to get involved and that revelation is going to come no matter what and things are going to play out no matter what. I get it. And they're right to a certain point, though, because, you know, God also created us with free will, the, the, the ability to judge, the ability to make choices in our life that could be altered. So there's certain things in the grand scheme of things that are going to play out no matter what we do. But then there's also a lot of things that are actually can be altered through prayer, through supplication, through seeking God. Um, so I'm a big believer in that. But I think that, you know, the major issues that we're seeing here is that we saw some things go too extreme this year. So like mm -hmm. we, saw, um, we saw this bill passed for late term abortion. And that's a huge issue as far as if you are a believer and you can side with people who are for late term abortion, that's really difficult. Now, abortion in general is a very difficult subject. But once you're talking about, you know, removing a baby and killing a baby at nine months, you know, that that I have a problem with. And I think that I would have to stand on the side of of, of praying against something like that, because Jeremiah chapter one says uh, God, so God told Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So that lets us know that God forms your spirit before he deposits you in your mother's womb. So basically what happens is God knows you, he creates you, he forms you, and then he deposits you. So when, when, when conception happens, you're already a spirit being that God created that's being deposited into a carnal body. So if we, if we as believers don't stand up against that, then we're not right before God, you know? And I hate to like have to push that so much, but that really is something that has played in my heart a huge, a huge conviction um, that I have prayed against um, because when this bill was passed, there was celebrations all over the place. And it was, uh, this is actually, you know, in the Bible, you know, this is considered an abomination. You know, killing the unborn, uh, the, the the shedding of innocent blood yep. is considered an abomination before God. So, so, so those are the things that I say that as a true believer, and you said, you know what, there's all different levels to this thing. You know, I wouldn't expect like someone who's new in Christ to all of a sudden just be standing up for certain things uh, because they're trying to still learn and stuff like that. But once you get to level two, three, and four, you know, you really have to be like, like my wife said, doing the research, understanding uh, the bills that are being passed and what these people are trying to do, you know, um, and, and there's a lot of other issues. I don't want to get too deep into it, but there's a lot of other issues that we should be really looking at, standing up for and praying you against, know, I think as you said. The, the other issue too, and I've, I've had some conversations on um, with some other Christians too about this is um kind of the i guess the legitimacy of our constitution our bill of rights the, these different documents and you know whether or not the the founding fathers were really christians or not and i i'm not really sure that they necessarily were but um they're at least from what i can tell you know some of the uh, the or the majority of the pr the principles that they kind of documented within these different documents that govern our country seem to align, you know, pretty well with 
what we would want from a Christian standpoint. Like, uh, I want to be able to worship God, right? And freely. I want to be left alone. <laughs> I want to be able to say what I want to say, right? Um, and you can kind of go down the line. But others would argue that, you know, th these these documents have nothing to do with the word of God and they're not Christian. And, you know, um, what do you guys how do you look at the, the Constitution and, you know, not to say that you're constitutional scholars or anything like that. I'm most certainly not. But um, how do you how do you view that and and also um, keeping intact the integrity of what some of those principles allow us to do today? Because I think that a lot of what is there, you know, um, whether or not slavery was there at that time or not, I'm not a slave anymore. So, well, I never was. But, you know, we're not slaves anymore. Right. So I have freedom to kind of do the things that I want to do and raise my family, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, how do you view these these documents? Do you care about them at all? Do they matter at all? Or is it just more so, hey, I just want to know what the word of God says and that's it. I mean, what do you guys think about that? So I, I personally think that they, they are important to a certain extent. Um, do I believe that these men that founded the nation were, you know, diehard Christians? I, I don't know if I believe that. Um, right. I, I know that there's a lot of a lot of people in the church that claim to be a Christian and they're really not, but they go every week. So mm -hmm. I don't I don't you know, they could say that they were and maybe they weren't. I'm not sure, you know, but I will say that I do believe that a lot of these rights are very, very important, um, mm -hmm. you know, because freedom of speech, freedom of religion, those things are extremely important and not just for a Christian, because I will say this, that, you know what, just like. We need freedom of religion to, to worship Jesus and worship our God. You know, there's other other religions that, you know, want to worship their own God. Now, if there's no freedom of religion, then how would we ever be able to pray for those people and try to let them see that Jesus is the light of the world? We wouldn't be able to do that because we would have to side with one certain thing that was pushed. So, you know, that freedom uh, is important all around, you know, um, not just for us. And, and I do believe that it's very important. I believe that, you know, rights, I believe that the second amendment is very important because, you know, um, you know, everyone should have the right to bear arms. Everyone should have the right to freedom of speech, you know, freedom of religion, freedom of the press. As you can see, you know, there's a lot of different, we've seen this year that if you watch different news stations, you hear a different side of it, you know, some may be good, some may be bad, but you can watch the same exact, uh, you know, coverage of a press conference and you'll hear all different viewpoints from different news stations. So that's our right to be able to watch those different stations and be able to judge accordingly to what we feel is right and correct. You know, so, so those freedoms are very important, um, you know, for anyone in this country, you know, so, so I think that, uh, we definitely have to fight for those freedoms and continue to fight for that because once that gets taken away or, certain bills get passed where they start prohibiting certain things. As we've seen this year, um, there was, there's a lot of states that have handled the pandemic a different way, um, mm -hmm. shut down a lot of things. Us, you know, my wife and I are both business owners and, uh, you know, we saw our businesses get shut down for three months and it really impacted us like huge. And not to say that we shouldn't have been shut down, but there was a lot of other businesses that were not forced to shut down. So, you know, so when we see those freedoms and those liberties kind of like uh, taken, away. taken away from us, 
um, and we have no say, it's a, it's, it puts us in a very difficult position. Right. Very dangerous. I think um, we've really seen that a lot this year, how, how, what it could be like. Right, because if if things go in one in one direction, um, that's actually what a socialist economy would be like. You know, you're completely controlled by the government, and um, this year has definitely shown how this COVID was used to really control and dictate a lot of things that didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. And a lot of things, you know, as you could see, because God is bringing things to the light too. a lot of things that um, a lot of agendas that were pushed or, um, you know, I, I can't think of the right word. A lot of um, a lot of things that they pushed to shut down, a lot of extremes that they went to to shut down churches and small businesses, right? Because small businesses are the backbone of America. Right. If you can destroy all the small businesses, it, it gives you so much more control. And um, But a lot of these government officials that pushed the extreme agendas um, in some form or another, you've seen how they weren't even following the guidelines that they were pushing. And which goes to show you that it's really all, it's all manipulation and control. And that's exactly what it would be like. Let's get the people comfortable at home because the ones who aren't making what certain people are making and they see that they can be home and they're getting a eleven, twelve hundred dollar check. This is what it could be like. And and it's all, it's all, um, it's, it's, it's mind control. Yeah. It's literally mind control um, to get the people to believe that it's one way and they're for them. But it's it's just like when the enemy, he throws bait out, right? It, sin is pleasurable for a moment. When you grab a hold of that bait, you, you begin in, to indulge in it and enjoy it for the moment until the consequences come and now you have to suffer the consequences of your decision. So if we're if we're screaming for one thing and then God says, "All right, you want this so bad, I'm going to give it to you." Yeah. And then we begin to reap the conse- the consequences are going to be so much greater. And I think that um a lot of the church, like I said in the beginning, it it's ignorance. And we're missing the mark of seeing and perceiving in the spirit what's happening in the natural, right? Because it takes place in the spirit first and right. it manifests in the natural. But if we if we are aligned with God and the truth of his word, and, and I'll say that over and over again, because it's really getting back to the word of God, getting in the word, not, not knowing scripture based on how it's quoted to you from your favorite pastor. But it's you getting into that intimate place with God so that he can reveal his truth to you. And the scales will begin to fall off the eyes of the people. Our ears will be inclined to hear the voice of God. And I really think it's imperative that we get to that place to understand, you know, what direction it is that we want to go in. And it's detrimental for our future and the future of our children. You know, we know how to fight. We know how to stand, but what about our babies? 
Yeah. You know, at, at the end of the day, I'm fighting for my children. Amen. And the, and the world that they're going to grow up in. And I think that's why it's so important that, you know, we can't turn a blind eye and say, I don't want to deal with this or I don't know. You have to deal with it. You have to know what you're coming up against. Just like you said in the beginning, you like to pray specifically. You have to. You have to know how to target certain things in prayer so that we can overcome. But as long as we're ignorant to the devices of the enemy, then we're going to continue to fall on our butts and be in the same same situation like a dog chasing its tail. Yeah, I totally agree with everything that you just said. Um, what would be what would be your your advice? Um, I guess to um, well, I guess this could be to, to anybody, but I I guess specifically to to pastors that are trying to that are trying to be neutral, right? So they're not trying to create a stir, I suppose, um, or maybe this is touching on a different issue. Yes. <laughs> but it, it seems that there is an attempt to try to stay neutral on these things to say, well, you know, uh, congregation, you guys can kind of figure this out on your own. I don't want to kind of cause a stir, you know, um, what would be your, I guess your advice to, you know, pastors that are trying to incorporate, you know, obviously keep, you know, keep doing the teachings and doing their, their, their thing, but also, you know, give, give their flock a heads up to, to, to what maybe, you know, coming from some of these political decisions that are being made or these different individuals that are getting, you know, positions of power, um, but also n- not cause the friction, right? So, um, Mondo, you were talking about that earlier about, you know, some of that division that's happening where, you know, there's there's some good points maybe on each side and, you know, and either there's a lack of communication and, you know, um, maybe people getting emotional about it. But how, how does a pastor maybe go about trying to keep that friction from happening, but also encouraging you know, the sheep to, uh, to stay informed, right. Around what's going on and praying about these different things. So here's my take on that. I think that, so I would be very afraid if I was under someone or spiritual leader who, uh, kind of dances around everything and doesn't address the issues at hand, because then you're not really shepherding your flock. You know, that's mm-hmm. like a, that's like a, sh- a shepherd telling his sheep, Hey, you know, don't worry about the wolf that's outside of the fence, that's right. you know, because he's over there, we're over here. But at the end of the day, that wolf is going to get through that fence and he's going to get to those sheep. So you have to educate your people. Um, and, and at the end of the day, as a spiritual leader, you have to always point them back to the word of God, because yes. because no matter what you do, you ha- you know, you have to go by what's in the word. I think on one side, um, you know, on one side, you have a party that's pushing, you know, uh, racial injustice, social injustice. Uh, they're talking about, you know, they're still talking about slavery and opening those old wounds. Um, and the Bible does uh, does talk about how that that's that's a sin. 
You know, um, even in, in the Bible, in Exodus chapter 21, it says that anyone who uh, kidnaps a man, whether he sells him or, you know, has a man in his possession must be put to death. And that that was the law of Moses. That was in the Bible. Like no one was supposed to do something like this. And, th and it was done, you know, so those wounds are extremely deep um, amongst, amongst the minorities and, and, uh, the African-American community. So if you don't address those things and point them back to the word of God, then you have an issue. And I would be afraid to be under a leader who cannot address those things. You know, as we spoke about before too, is like, you know, you talk about, you know, even the issues on the other side, like we spoke about abortion, different things like that. Um, you know, if we don't address those things, then we have a huge problem. Um, as we can see in recent news, you know, there's 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 people there's a lot of scandals in the church, a lot of people who are committing adultery, a lot of people, you know, in high places and they're singing in the church, they're worshiping in the church, you know, they're preaching in the church and and uh, they're living those alternative lifestyles. And, you know, um, if you don't point people back to the word of God, it could be disastrous. That's Absolutely. that's my view on that. I just want to add to that is that um, I think one thing we also need to teach the people is that. It's okay to agree to disagree, one. You know, that's important. And it goes back to what uh, Mondo was saying earlier, that we still have to love our neighbors, whether we agree with them or we disagree with them. But I think, and I think that that's something that, you know, um, pastors really should be teaching their people as opposed to, well, even as a, a pastor, you don't shove down your throat, whatever you're siding with, but you lead the people to how to research for themselves, how to seek God for themselves, how to study for themselves. Because yes. the Bible says that we have to individually study to show ourselves approved, right? Salvation yes. is individual. And when people begin to do research for themselves, they'll see the truth. Like one, one thing that, um, uh, you know, Going back to the abortion thing, when we understand, a lot of these young people don't even understand the foundation of abortion. But abortion was created by, I can't remember the lady's name right now. Something. Oh, Margaret Singer. Yeah. Margaret Singer, who yeah. was KKK. And it was established to abolish the black community. Mm -hmm. They literally put these abortion clinics African-Americans make up 13% or 14% of America today, where if abortion was never created, we would be at 63% in America. Wow. But see, the thing is, again, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Some of the biggest things that we're, we're, we stay imprisoned to a system of slavery mentally and emotionally. And they continue to use that system to keep us enslaved. So the minute somebody rises up to begin to tear things down to, so that our communities can benefit from these things, then we start attacking them because we're enslaved to a system. So in one, in one instance, we're saying we want freedom but how can we want freedom when we're enslaved to a system that was created to keep us in bondage? Mm -hmm. Abortion was created for population control. Yeah. You know, to keep minorities, blacks and Hispanics in the ghettos. 
as long as to keep them on state so they can control, you're not going to grow past this. You can't grow past this. We'll give you this. We'll help you with this. But as soon as you want to try to do better, we're not helping you no more because they want to keep you in that place. And until we begin to break our, um, our system of thinking and being enslaved mentally and emotionally until we stop allowing them to victimize us from the wounds of our past and present, because it, it, there is a system, a world system that is not created for minorities. And, but we have to do our research to understand what are we really voting for? What are we really standing for? Are we continuing to put the same people in positions and places that keep us enslaved and in bondage to a system that's going to keep us from growing where God wants to take us? Mm-hmm. Are we going to deal with the real issues in our community? The number one killer in African-American community is abortion. You can research the statistics for yourself. I'm not just talking aimlessly, but you could research the statistics for yourself to see where our community would be as opposed to where it is just because of that num of that one thing. Yeah. But they continue to push an agenda to keep us divided. And, you know, there's some things that God has been teaching me like in this, in this year, the Lord told me, be careful what you come into agreement with Mm. Mm. without knowing the depths of what you're coming into agreement with. I'm going to show you and I'm going to teach you. And it's something that I struggled with because I'm biracial and I've experienced extreme racism on both sides my whole life. I've never been black enough to be black. I've never been white enough to be white. And I've, and I, my father left when I was young, so I wasn't raised with my Hispanic family. So I struggled growing up with my identity because of that. But many, many African-Americans do. Because, like I said, the agenda that shoved down our throat and what we're taught, as a, we're taught lies and manipulations to keep us enslaved to a system. And I think until we get to that place and we do our own research, it's a blessing when, 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 you know, um, certain state, certain things to keep us enslaved to the state are cut back. Mm -hmm. That's breaking chains of poverty in the African American and Hispanic communities. You know, standing for life, that's breaking, that's breaking a spirit of murder that's trying to abolish our community. Yeah. But it, but people are not dealing with the reality of real truths and the enemy continues to victimize us. When I was younger, I just want to throw this in like as an example, when I was younger, some, I was, I was touched inappropriately by um, by a man and it affected me right for a long time and for a long time I held it in and the enemy always used that pain to victimize me over and over again and reminding me that I had a right 
to be angry. I had a right to be hurt, which I did. I did until I chose to one, start forgiving, right? Because forgiving doesn't mean that what was done to you was okay, but forgiveness sets you free on one instance. But on another, the Lord was showing me that until I got to a place that I stopped allowing the enemy to victimize me, to hold me in a place of bondage, of being depressed, of feeling like I was less than, that I would never be good enough. It, because of so many things, until I chose to be a victor, right? Because we have the victory in Christ Jesus. Mm. And when we understand that as a community of believers, as minorities, then we will rise above that as the victors. The Lord wants us to come out as victors, but as long as we keep allowing the one percenters that control this country to victimize us, we will stay in the same state. We literally for years, we've done the same thing over and over and it has not changed nothing. I watched a video of a, of a older black man marching with a younger black man and he was crying and he was telling him, um, something has to give. Our fathers did this. Our grandfathers did this. Our great grandfathers did this. And we're still in the same place. Something in your generation has to change. Mm. And as I was, I cried, I cried like, Lord, what is it? But it's the system of slavery in our mindset that we've been enslaved to. And until those things begin to break and we understand how the enemy's operating it and deceiving us, then we'll begin to start experience true freedom, true healing, true restoration. You know, it sounds like from to sum some of that up too, um, that the messaging, um, the strategy and how messages are marketed, um, you know, even parts of the agenda, and I'm talking uh, politically, it, it has, whether knowingly or unknowingly, has some spiritual uh, things to it. Um, and that if you subscribe to this messaging, Right. It's possible that that can have that could be a detriment to your your spiritual growth. Right. So if, for example, if you believe in the message of the right to choose. Right. What does that what does that spiritually mean for a Christian that accepts that as the reality? Like, is that just a political you know, just a choice that, you know, somebody's just making to believe in that message to say, oh, is it just innocent or is is there some sort of spiritual tie or connection to something that is sinister? You know, and I think I I, I hear some pastors talk about it and, and I and others that I, I don't. It, it almost it appears, that, I guess, in mainstream, um, I guess, Christianity, I'll, I'll say that there isn't a lot of acknowledgement of some of these spiritual um, issues that are aligning to these political 
situations, right? So if I'm trying to pass a bill and the bill is really just evil, like what, what they're trying to do is is evil, like saying, you know, we want to allow late, like you gave the um, example earlier of late term abortions up to, let's say, nine months, whatever. Like I've actually listened to hearings within, um, you know, some of these political hearings that they have. Uh, within Congress, like actually having just a sit down discussion of whether or not this is a good idea. And it's just like, it's a head scratcher. Like, is their energy, is their spiritual demonic energy aligned to that idea that can then be taken and messaged and marketed and branded? And if people accept that as um, or even Christians accept that as something that they believe in or think is is okay. Are they under some sort of mental slavery, as you kind of mentioned um, earlier? And I, I think that's something that you know we have to think about. So um, we're running out of time. I don't want you to <laughs> to answer that. Actually, <laughs> um, I, I do want you though to to leave us with your kind of final remarks on you know this this whole conversation and you've mentioned so many great pieces of 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 advice um and just perspective on this topic that i really appreciate and i know the audience will appreciate but if you both can just kind of leave us with your kind of closing remarks on you know this topic around politics and and how christians should uh, proceed forward with, you know, how they either vote, how they approach voting, how they approach looking at uh, these different policies that, that may impact them or the church in the future. Absolutely. I think that um, what I would say is that no matter what we do, we still have to, we still have to go back to the word of God. You know, everything that happens is to be judged. Just like there's a court on earth, there's a court in heaven. Um, and I think that, you know, as a believer, what we need to do is really press into the word, uh, yeah. do the research, judge for ourselves and really weigh out the scales because, you know, you'll see that, uh, you know, there's, there's valid points on both sides, but we have to make our own judgment to be able to make a righteous decision based on the word of God. You know, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness and all things will be added unto you. And I think that one of those things that's added unto us is the wisdom to be able to make the proper choices if we seek the kingdom, if we're reading the word, if we're praying for our leaders, if we're praying for our country, if we're praying for our families, if we're really seeking God's wisdom to be able to understand what's happening. And, you know, I always ask God to give me the wisdom and also the foresight because, you know, God is infinite. He knows all things. He's the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. And I think that you know, a lot of times we are praying reactionary prayers, you know, as opposed to really seeking God yes. ahead of time for the Ooh. foresight of what's going to happen um, to be able to protect our families. Because at the end of the day, Amen. you know, um, like us, we're in ministry, right? And I always say um, that our first ministry is our home. Yes. You know, I, my first job as a man of God is to serve the Lord with all my heart and also to protect what God has given me, which is my wife and my children, my household, my family, um, and providing for them because, you know, that's the number one thing that God has blessed me with. 
So my job is to protect that. So as we seek God, then we get the answers. Amen. Amen. What do you think, Pastor Tish? I agree 100% with everything that you said. It's getting back to the Word of God. And and I believe that, um, like I said, in this year, this year has really shown how far the church has gotten away from God's Word, God's truth, God's foundation. And, um, you know, one thing that the Lord showed me in the beginning of this year was the state of our country is is because of the state of the church. And um, it's time for the church to wake up. You know, we've been in a slumber long enough. And, um, and I believe that, you know, God will have mercy on us if my people will humble themselves and seek my repent of their sins and seek my face. Then I will hear from heaven and I will heal the land. You know, a lot of what we are seeing are the consequences of the decisions that we've made as a body of Christ, as a body of believers becoming so engulfed with the things of this world. And now we're seeing the consequences of that. Um, but I do be- believe just like Mondo said, you know, everything is geared to the word of God. That is our foundation, the word of God. Let your word be so deep in my heart that I may not sin, sin against you. And when, when we indulge in the word of God, we will see a, a huge turnaround a huge turnaround and everything we do should always be governed by that. Amazing. Um, listen, I thank you so much for, um, participating in, in this episode. Um, a lot of great nuggets of, of knowledge and wisdom. Uh, you guys are clearly so ple- so blessed. And, um, I, I know that there's people that are going to be listening to this, that, Um, or maybe gonna, you know, take a step back and think a little bit and pray about it. And that's what we want, right? This is healthy conversation and discussion, which is what we're trying to forge with, with this podcast. So, uh, thank you so much, pastor, uh, Armando and Tisha. Um, we just really appreciate what you were able to pull together in this conversation today. So thank you so much. Thank you, Brother Mike, and we appreciate your time and having us on. We're really happy to be here. It was an honor and a blessing to be on. It really was. Amen. Wow, what a great conversation that I had with pastors Armando and Letitia. Um, So excited to have them on, and I want to close this thing out in, in prayer. Heavenly Father. Um, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for uh, bringing this broadcast together, giving us the technology to be able to do it. Um, we pray for uh, Pastor Armando and, and Letitia as they continue their journey. We we pray that this information is a blessing to, to everyone that's listening. And uh, most importantly, we pray that um, this message humbles those that are listening to recognize that at the end of the day, you're the center of truth and we should always come to you um, for wisdom and guidance around how we approach our political situation. Um, We just we pray for this podcast and we pray that it reaches as many people as possible to encourage uh, the fruits of the spirit 
um, and encourage us to to discuss and fellowship more as a church rather than be divided. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening.